episode one of the F-List Podcast. I'm Rocco Law, here with Jack Fontanetta. A day I could have never seen coming, truth be told. Me and Jack teaming up for a podcast. You know, I figured, you know, if Charles Barkley, Mr. Krispy Kreme himself, Auburn to the NBA, NBA legend, has a podcast, why can't two jackasses from New York have one? And here we are, Jack. Here we are. Exactly. It's me, Jack, guys. And you know what? It's all about talking sports, entertainment, and life. So if you're looking for the 10 best ways to cook brisket with Rachel Ray, you're in the wrong place. The A-list and B-list of the world have been so tiring throughout this pandemic. So why not give the F-listers some, a chance, you know? And if you stay a while, Jack might actually show his sense of humor. He claims it's hereditary. We'll get into more of that later. So without further introduction, welcome to the F-list. All right, guys. So to start off with this, I want to talk about this past Wednesday, the NBA season finally coming back for all you big basketball fans out there. And I wanted to talk about, you know, the new team of New York, the Brooklyn Nets. So, Rock, they're hot right now. What do you think? Yeah, man. Jack, KD and Kyrie together. KD picked up right where he left off, knocking down contested pull-up Jays on the low wing. And power slams over defenders like they aren't even there. And Kyrie having two 25-plus games to start the season in two victories? Damn. Damn. Yo, those damn boys be looking good. They're playing prime postseason ball, and the season just got started. Also, the first season as head coach for the Nets, retired all-star point guard Steve Nash. I would say he's doing a pretty good job. However... You know, you got to understand, Steve Nash, he's one of those coaches who is a player coach. He's not a Bobby Knight. He's not a Rick Pitino. He is not a Jeff Van Gundy. And he is certainly not a Phil Jackson. He is a player's coach. He is there for the analytics. And he's there to make sure these young stars don't get their feelings hurt, which is the, which is the way of the head coaches of the NBA is going to this, towards today's climate, which is very disappointing. But that's just very disappointing on their part. But I like Steve Nash. He's a great guy for the media, Jack. But I don't. I, he's, he's, he wouldn't be my first choice in Brooklyn right now. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Rock. But with guys like KD, Kyrie, and even DeAndre Jordan, a slept-on center, still really good in the NBA, how hard do you really have to coach with these guys? It's more just about managing team, figuring out lineups. That's what really all he's there for. Now, I know the Nets are exciting, and I would love to talk about them all day. But we got to talk a little about the New York Knicks. Still, people consider New York's team. But, you know, doing what they do, starting off disappointing with an 0-2 record. But hopefully tonight they can pick up their first victory against the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, you're right, Jack. I mean, the Knicks haven't been – they haven't been too exciting since the early 90s, late 90s. They've done nothing whatsoever the last 20 years. Their last great season was 2013, a 55-game win season, which was practically calling – New York City was practically, practically calling – for the apocalypse in 2013. I mean, 55 wins in the season for the Knicks is practically, practically a gift from the heavens. You know, they drafted Obi Toppin this past offseason in the NBA draft. I like that pick. He's a big man. He's got some size. He can get to the rim. He has the athletic prowess. He understands the game. You know, he ha- and he has the accolades are there. He's APP. He's the uh, Associated Press last year, 2019 Associated Press Press. Uh, most outstanding player of the year, consensus, consensus, first team All-American. There's no denying his uh, capabilities. He's injured right now, 
We'll see what the doctors say. You know, he's going to be reevaluated re in uh, seven to ten days. But, you know, it's, things are going well for the Knicks right now. They have a young team. I like, I, like, I really like Tom Thibodeau at the head. You know, he's a, he's a great coach. He's great coached some great teams in Chicago and elsewhere. But, you know, for right now, the, 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 Knicks, the Knicks don't seem to be going where much else. I like the direction in which they're going. But if you're saying they're going to go towards the playoffs, that's not it right now. There isn't it. And the words of Michael Ray Richardson about the state of the New York Knicks, the ship be sinking. The ship be sinking right now. <laughs> exactly. Now, keeping on the trend of New York teams that are sadly disappointing their fans across the nation, in recent news for the New York Giants, they lost today against the Baltimore Ravens. Against the Baltimore Ravens. A pretty hefty, uh, heavy defeat. And now, sadly, because of this loss, they're taken out of playoff contention. But for me, as a Giants fan, it was nice this year to have maybe a little bit of a, a two-week shred of hope. Well, wouldn't you agree? What do you got to say about that? Yeah, Jack, I, I like the direction in which the Giants are going. You know, I, they, those miracle Super Bowl wins in 2008-2012, they were because – not because of Eli Manning. Yes, he performed in the clutch. Yes, he performed in the clutch. And if it wasn't for him, Brady – Tom Brady would have eight rings. If it wasn't for him, Tom Brady would have eight rings. And I'm not disregarding Nick Foles, but those wins in 2008-2012 were substantial, substantial. I like the direction in which the Giants are going. I think they have a great defense. Bradbury and Logan Ryan were great pickups for the secondary. That, that's a lethal secondary. They shut down a powerhouse offense in the Seattle Seahawks with DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson throws at will, and he will run the lights out the building. He will run you out of the building. I like the direction in which the Giants are going. I think DJ is the future. That was a you know, it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a proud pick back in the day in 2018. It wasn't a proud pick, but it, he's panning out. He, he needs some time, though. He needs some time. And as a rookie, he threw 30 touchdowns. Interceptions, not where we would like to be. Not, not where we would like to be. It's very <laughs> low. It's, very, it's, it's, it's almost in the garbage range, you know. He, he throw, sometimes he throws the ball right into the defender's hands, you know, just giving the ball in their bread basket. It's like giving, it's like giving a charity case a piece of bread. You know, like, what, 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 what are we doing here? What are we doing here? But, you know, in the end, I really just got to say, I know it's early, but I can definitely see where this team is going and how they're going to play. And we just got to see where it comes from here. And I think Joe Judge is the coach of the future, no doubt. All right. So just to get your input on this, obviously we know the terrible injury of the uh, Saquon's ACL that happened in the first game of the season. And – Within that two-week span where the Giants won, I think it was three straight, where do you see this team? Where could they have gone if Saquon remained healthy and if Daniel Jones could just, you know, hold on to that football, just hold on to that football a couple more times? Well, I think it's safe to say that the Giants would have the division lead if Saquon did not get injured and DJ would just not give up the ball as much as he did. You know, that, that, that's saying something. You know, because DJ, he isn't heralded as an elite quarterback, but he's heralded as a quarterback that could get it done at a, at a young age. And that's what he can do. Saquon, you know, I, I hear a lot of people say, trade Saquon, get some assets for him. This is not, the league is not a running back game. The NFL is not a running back game, which is true. There's no denying that. There's no denying that. But when it comes down to the end of the day, at the end of the day, 
the Giants need Saquon more than Saquon needs the Giants. And it's always been like that with a star on the New York Giants. Saquon, he's a great running back. I mean, his calves are as big as an oil <laughs> drum. You know, his, it, it, I, I, I'd, I'd like to get his workout regimen. I mean, look, look at his calves. His calves, can, his calves can run two miles, 70 miles with a horse, with a horse-drawn carriage. That's how, that's how powerful his legs are. But, you know, coming out of college, Saquon was a great running back. And, you know, I think the Giants need to keep him. They need to keep him. He's a great asset. And if you can keep him rather than trading him like we did with Odell Beckham Jr. for a bag of potato chips back in the day, although <laughs> I'm taking it back, I'm taking it back because Jabril Peppers and the picks did work out. And we have Blake Martinez and we have the defensive line. And I like all that. So I'm taking it back. But I, we, Jack, I, I'm being serious here. The Giants could, could have had a chance at taking a big division lead rather than being 5-9 and nine right now. It seems that uh, all these teams have one common interest, right? Disappointment. So to speak upon some more joyful topics about New York sports, I want to talk about the Mets again and how I know it's so early in the season and how they've only seen them in two to three games, but I think they're real contenders against these powerful uh, powerhouse Western Conference teams like the Lakers and the Clippers and all teams like that. So I just really wanted your input and your intake on – how they can compare to these teams because they'd be calling them the Brooklyn blockade be coming at them pretty fast. Well, Jack, I mean, the Nets, they're going places, you know, the Nets have a great team. And I, I, I know I can speak, I can speak for myself as a Knicks fan. I mean, I can speak for myself as a Knicks fan. I would much rather watch the Brooklyn Nets right now. They are so much fun to watch. They're, 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 Jumping out of the building every night and putting on a highlight-worthy, highlight-worthy real plays every night. You know, Kyrie's handles is just so emphatic to watch. And Kevin Durant, he's a built – he is built to score. He's a natural-born scorer, and it's just so much fun to watch him. But the Nets right now, they have a great team, Jack. Their, their secondary unit, their bench unit, would be considered a starting five on any other team right now, any other team. And that's they and they built towards this success. They built towards this success. And you know, back in the day in 2013, when they first started out with Jay Z and Rock Nation and ROC and Jay Z, you know, doing making some moves down at the Barclays Center, you know, they traded away their future for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. For why? I still don't know to this day because they still didn't make a conference finals and they it, it was a garbage move. It was a garbage move. And I'm glad that that GM that had made that move is gone today. His name. Shall not be named. Shall not be named because of this horrible move. Shall not be named. But the Nets are going places. You know, the Nets are going places. I still have them making the finals. You know, I still have them, even though a lot of people think the Milwaukee's going to make it out of the East this year. I still think the Nets can make it to the finals. You know, represent Brooklyn, BK. I, I You know, they, they, they have a good shot making it to the finals. But, you know, that Brooklyn, that Brooklyn team right now whew, is too good. It's just too good. It seems as though that Brooklyn is cashing in, cashing in on some broken promises made in some of those garbage trades that you were previously discussing. All right. So now let's talk about, I guess you can still consider it America's pastime. I want to talk about the Yankees, the Mets. I want to talk about baseball right now. Where do you think baseball is headed right now? 
Well, Jack, to the beginning of 2020, baseball looked like it was going to start like every other year until, you know, everything else happened and the pandemic uh, crapped on the earth. So that wasn't, a very, that wasn't a very good start for baseball. You know, I predicted that baseball <laughs> is one of the three American major sports. You know, soccer might overtake them in the near future. We'll see if that happens. I do not know how that's going to work in America, but we'll see, seeing as soccer is the world's sport. But uh, baseball has been there for a very long time. But where baseball is headed, I don't know, Jack. I, if, if the baseball has to shut down again, I don't think they'll be able to survive. You know, the problem with baseball right now is that the fact, matter the fact that the bargaining agreements and that there is no cap on salaries. There is no cap. They are the only league in America mm-hmm. of the American major sports that has no cap on their salaries. So that explains – 100% why John Carlos Stanton is making $327 million a year and or $227, I believe. Not too sure on the number. And Mike Trout is making $300 million, yet LeBron James is still at $185 million a year. So, you know, baseball as a whole might be heading towards another lockout. We'll see how that works, but with the player unions and all that. But baseball right now itself, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's young. You have Aaron Judge, you have Mookie Betts, you have uh, Trevor Bauer winning the NL Cy Young last year. You have a lot going on. You have a lot going on. And the young game, you know, like, I, I, love, I love the MLB's uh, promotions right now. I love what they do with the marketing. Let the kids play. And that's essentially what baseball is trying to do. They're trying to make the game younger, appeal towards younger fans, and try and get the game overseas. They did that a few years ago. They had the London games with uh, the Red Sox and the Yankees. Great series that was. We don't know whether or not they fix the balls up. Might be another deflate gate, but with baseballs, we'll see where that heads. But with baseball right now, it's it's heading towards a great it's he, it's heading toward greener pastures. But you know, baseball in itself, they they gotta they gotta expand the game globally. Now, I know we're talking about the game and how much we want to get it started, but we gotta talk about the business. And I know from me to you, we're both giant Yankee fans. So I wanted to get what you think on what the Yankees should do as regards to moves on the offseason or closing in certain trades or what do you think they should be doing right now in case there is no lockout and baseball can continue as we know it should. With baseball, Jack, I mean, with anything, as the New York Yankees, they are the essence of pride. They are the generational franchise. They are the – I, 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 I full-fledging will say this. They are – the world's franchise. They're the most successful franchise of all time of any sport in the world. You name another, another team that's successful, and I will give you 27 million reasons why they're not. But, you know, the 27-time World Series champions, <laughs> the biggest, the, the number one thing on their to-do list, to, to, to-do list, you know, the number one thing when they go out in the morning, they do their grocery shopping, Brian Cashman, Hal Steinbrenner, whenever they do their grocery shopping, you know what the number one thing is on their to-do list? Resign DJ LeMahieu. They're, all-star second baseman, the man, the myth, the legend, the Le machine. The guy cannot miss with a bat. He's the most consistent bat in all baseball in the past few years. And to say that they got him for a two, two-year two deal on $24 million back in 2017 or 2018, I believe, is unfathomable. The Yankees need to resign him because if they don't, that is a big hole in their lineup that they're missing. They're missing. If, if he goes, in essence, w- you're losing out on a big contributor to your team. And 
in New York with the left with the Yankee Stadium right field porch. It's great to have a left-handed hitcher, left-handed uh, uh, batter, especially one for second base that can hit for power and hit for average. That is a lethal concept, and that's what the Yankees now, need to do. That is I a know, number one priority. You feel that the, what the Yankees should be doing? I'm going to tell you about a fan I would not want to be right now, and that, my friend, is a Jets fan. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't know what's going on in Gates' head at the moment, but – it's better to play good football in the beginning of the season rather than losing a potential star quarterback in the process. The Jets winning right now for whatever reason, I can't, I can't fathom it in my, in my own head. But if you're Trevor Lawrence right now, are you happy? Are you sad? I mean, personally, I think that no matter where you go, you're in the NFL, you should be proud and happy to be wherever team you go to. But do you think Trevor Lawrence is smiling or frowning right now seeing what the Jets are doing? I think he's smiling, Jack. I think he's smiling <laughs> right now. Without a doubt, he is smiling. Trevor Lawrence, he, Mr. Sunshine, you know, they make, they make all the jokes from uh, – what's the movie? They make all the jokes from Remember the Titan. He looks like Sunshine and all that. He has a great arm, you know. And he is no doubt the number one pick in this year's draft. He's a great quarterback. But, Jack, he's smiling right now. He is smiling right now that he does not have to come to New York and deal with the backwards franchise of the New York Jets. The once, you know, they were once headed in the right direction a few years ago. They had Sam Darnold. They had a good front office. They were in the direction. They signed Le'Veon Bell. They had uh, some great picks in the draft. And look at them now. They failed Darnold. And if Trevor Lawrence, trust me, Trevor Lawrence, he, he wasn't legally allowed to say what he was thinking, but we all knew what he was thinking. We all knew. We all knew he doesn't want to come to New York. He doesn't want to come to New York. He has a girl. He doesn't. He has a girl, and he, yeah. and she even knows. He does not want to be. Knows. He does not want to be the zit on New York's face right now. That's what I consider the Jets to be. They are just one big ugly zit on the face of the New York sports franchises that we have. And I just want to say something right now. I am watching this Laker game right now, and I'm I'm a Laker fan. I'm a big LeBron fan. I don't know if anybody anybody wants to say their own part. I don't care. Bandwagon. Bandwagon. I am. So depressed right now because I'm looking outside in this beautiful Staples Center and all I can see is just blank surfaces. I don't see fans. I don't. I can't see a fan for miles. And I know right now with the pandemic that having fans is a is a risk. But you missed this. I think wholeheartedly, Jack. I think you know this this pandemic really put that put a hamper down on so many social socialized things. So many socialized things that we, we we just won't get back for a couple, maybe another year, maybe two years. I mean, who knows at this point, you know, the fans, you can even see on the players, it just doesn't feel the same. You know, the, you know, the, the, the engineers, the producers, whatever they do at the stadium, they, they try, they try and get the, they try and get the background noise in as much as possible, trying to make it as an in-game atmosphere. But the fans, look at any sports moment in history. And think about if fans weren't there. And think about how depressing, how sad, and how unemotional. And I'm, how looking at un- it. I'm looking at and it. How, and how unmemorable it would be if there were no fans. That's what we. That's 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 what's happening right now. I don't expect the fans to come back for a while. I know. I know the Los Angeles Lakers PR people did a great job. They were like, you know, we want the fans back in before we host. Before we hoist the championship banner, which is respectable, which is respectable. 
But at the same time, when is that going to happen? We don't know. Could be a year. Could be two years from now. We don't know. And the matter of fact is, before we can get fans back in the stands, we need some we need some societal changes. And I know it's hard to say. I know it's hard to say. It doesn't matter what you believe in. If you still believe in Santa Claus, if you still believe in uh, if you still believe in the Easter Bunny, I don't care. But at the same time, <laughs> you have to understand when fans are back in the stands, it will be better for sports. Because that's just is what it is. And I'm still I'm still intrigued on how the NCAA is gonna run March Madness. I am still intrigued. In a bubble, how is that gonna work? How is that gonna work? How how are you gonna enjoy March Madness with 62, 62 teams, mind you? Sixty-two college basketball teams are supposed to qualify for March Madness. How's that gonna happen? Universities are cutting at uh, their programs budgets all across the board. I really don't see how this is gonna happen. Really don't. Even if it does happen, I don't see how it's going to be anything that we're accustomed to seeing. But now that we've talked a year off about sports and everything related to that regarding New York and hopefully around the country, I want to bring you guys to a new point about all, you know how the pandemic has affected so many things. It has affected movie production, TV show production, but I'm proud to say that one of my favorite shows is coming back, All-American. It is releasing January 18th, Back to the CW. And... I'm just so excited to watch this show because not only, obviously you can tell from us that we are very excited about sports. We love sports. And this show just really captures so much of what we love to see. I'm smiling to what I love to see. And I just want to bring back a good note on how entertainment might be making a comeback in the short coming weeks. And you're 100% right, Jack. I mean, All-American is a great show. It's really, it really is a great show. You know, the CW produces some of the underrated shows on television and networks. And it, it really is good. Really is good. You know, really is good. Uh, the story of, of th- that whole cast is just great. And, you know, CW does a great job at bringing All-American to life. It really does. And it's really going to be a big, a big, big thing for people to see that back on their screens come this January 18th. But not only that, Jack, not only that, Cobra Kai, you, you, you can't talk about the, the comeback of production of movies and TVs, TV shows without mentioning Cobra Kai. I mean, it's coming back to the flicks, to Netflix on January 8th. And this show exceeded expectations and then some, you know, think back to when it first came out, you know, people not really sure about it, you know, especially with the reboots of series. People are not generally the most happy when they watch a reboot of a series because they know that the original is the best and it's very hard to top the original product. But Cobra Kai is one of the few in the many years that reboots have happened that has done significantly well. You know, it's a big blockbuster series and it's really hard to reboot any franchise of anything. You know, think back, look at Jurassic Park, the Jurassic World. Very iffy, very iffy. I didn't didn't find it entertaining. I really didn't. And, you know, people are going to say this is a little uh, dumb or something, but Avatar The Last Airbender, TV show to movie, was god-awful. And, like, probably... I love that show. I love that show. (laughs) It's so good. The TV show was so good. But you make a movie out of it, and and, and, and especially an M. Night Shyamalan movie, it was (laughs) god-awful. God-awful. And don't don't mistake this. Do not mistake this. But the Star Wars franchise, after episodes Um, four, five, and six, were hit or miss, and I'm sure every 20 to 25 year old living in their mom's basement right now can agree with me on that one. Can at least agree on that one. But you know, if you want to make a comparison, look at Creed. 
Creed. You know, the first one to do actually do a great job in the modern era on rebooting a good franchise, like the Rocky franchise. You know, had its moments after Rocky too, but fell off the rails by Rocky Balboa, but still had some great moments. And, you know, I still love the series no matter what. Cuff and link to the end. But, again, it's very hard, very hard, very hard to reboot any series, anything at all. I love Creed. I love Creed 1. I love Creed 2. The only thing I would have to say about that movie is why you got to give Rocky cancer? Why why you got to make the man that seems invincible, that comes over every single odd, why you got to give him cancer? That broke my heart. But, you know, as you said, great job um, really coming off the Rocky series into that new era, really – it definitely did not miss. It hit it hit me hard. And I couldn't think of a, another movie that really separated itself in that sense. It should, it, it should have won the Oscar, too, which I was very disappointed in. Very disappointed in Hollywood <laughs> for. The one thing Hollywood couldn't get right. The one thing they couldn't get right. And I still hold it to them. How they diss Rocky for the Oscar. Unbelievable. Very uh, <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now... You know, we've had a lot of fun talking sports, ranting, talking about what we like, hopefully what you guys can relate to us to what you guys like. But, Rock, I wanted to finish off with something today, speaking about something a little more serious. Look, I know in today's world, with it being so rough and uncertain, especially during this time in regards to COVID and all these types of things, but I wanted for us to give anybody who's listening out there some sort of advice that can help y'all. I wanted to say that in every negative situation – you can always search for this positive, uh, positive, bright light. No matter what, you can always, there's always a chance to learn a lesson. No matter how unfair and bleak life seems at this very moment, there is always something that you can take from it. Always something positive, always something to use to make yourself better, make people around you better. You just really have to look for it. So I just really want to say, don't complain, don't whine. Just hang out with your fam, listen to some F-list, and have a good time in these dark COVID times. Man, that was another brilliant eulogy by you, Jack. I mean, I know it's only the first episode, but that was a great eulogy. I I have to give it to you right there. Great, great, great one, great one, great one. But, you know, Jack, it's it's so true in this day and age, you know, with everything, you know, before the pandemic, everybody was running around with it without like a chicken without a head, you know. But now it's I think I think now it's 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 the it's the world telling us that we need to slow down and we need to think think a lot of things through in our life and we need to, you know, spend some time, like you said, around the people, people we cherish, the people we love, you know, spend some time, you know, go to the backyard, throw a bowl, play with the dog, go to the park, drive the boat, fish, (laughs) do, do, make some food, wearing your mask, cook, cook if you have it, cook if you have it, all right, I know know there's a lot of people out there that know how to cook, all right, go on YouTube, look look up, look up Gordon Ramsay, look up somebody, Look, look up how to make a brisket, Right, we, we we told you this isn't a podcast about making brisket, but look up some brisket. I know people out there that know how to cook, but this is the time, people. This is the time. This is the time. Hmm. Well, enough about the ranting right there. I think we're just out of time for this first podcast, and that's going to be it for me and Jack for the first episode of the podcast. So, everybody, make sure to check back in every Friday. And we know this is not a Friday, but check back every Friday on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcast. Could be anywhere. Could be Stu Leonard's where I care. Stop and shop. Get it wherever you get your podcast. And this has been the F-List Podcast. Now, I just want to say something. 
something that's very dear to my heart. I just want to say that my body is just, and my breathe is different. Thank you. Your poetry just keeps getting better and better by the day. <laughs>